Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. Welcome to Tutoring with a Twist and Parenting with a Twist, uh, Facebook Live and podcast on 13 Reasons Why Not. It is episode four of this particular series, and we're doing 13. The first one touched base on what the show was about, so 13 Reasons Why is um, a Netflix show that kids are watching, and the sort of party line out there was that perhaps we shouldn't watch it and my party line was a little bit different. I'm suggesting that not only do you watch it but watch it with your kids um, because there's lots of information in it that I think we can take um, as parents in order to help our kids because I do believe it's based in in reality in terms of the things that our kids go through and perhaps we are still going through to a certain extent. I just raised a whole bunch of really great issues I think that we can talk about. Um, Well they're not great issues, (laughs) let's back up on that, but they are issues that we can uh, talk about that are reality. And what I thought we could focus on today, so as I mentioned, the first episode, if you haven't watched it, was on what 13 Reasons Why is about and and the reasons behind why I think we should watch it. The uh, second episode was on um, mental illness and bringing that to light, especially at school. And the third episode was my now 17-year-old. He was almost 17 at the time, and now he is 17. And so it was with him and I, and it was his perspective on it, the show, 13 Reasons Why, and 13 Reasons Why Not Together, where he gave some perspectives as to a kid's point of view um, in terms of school and what's going on, at home life and what's going on, and what can cause somebody to maybe be going down that path or having those thoughts. And so what are some thoughts from his perspective? So that was episode three, which in terms of the Facebook Live videos, you can find on my personal page, you can find on Tutoring with a Twist or on Parenting with a Twist, if you want to kind of go back and and see what we're talking about. So today's what I wanted to be on was actually the feedback that I've been getting from parents, Um, whether it be from um, our website or however it's coming to us. Um, and and again, invite people to continue to give us more feedback because that's how we grow and learn and also find out what you guys want to know. And so what um, I did here was a couple common themes, which is, which is, you know, usually what happens. So, um, and I'm blocking the why nots here. I'm going to move over a little bit. There we go. 13 reasons why not. So, um, one of the reasons um, that parents were saying that they were having a hard time is that they feel like once their teen has reached a teen, um, 
they lose them to a certain extent. And perhaps maybe more so if somebody's going down a path with some mental health issues, they're feeling like they're really losing them. And so they're feeling that maybe some of the techniques or the ideas that River gave um, and I gave in our last episode, what happens when when you've lost your teenager already? So how do you re-engage them? What happens there? So a couple things I want to spend some time on focused on that. One is that, uh, you know, in my book, got to plug it, right? Who else is going to? (laughs) In my book, we do talk about quality time versus quantity of time. And so it may not be helpful to, um, well, it actually still is helpful to know because I was going to say is that we need to be spending quality time with our teenagers just just as we need to be spending quality time with our kids. And so this is the part that may not be super helpful if your child is already a teenager, but that just doesn't happen overnight. So if you haven't been doing that along the way and then all of a sudden your teen gets to be a teen, they're having some issues and all of a sudden you're like, hey, let's spend all this time together. That could be um, hard on them because that's a change and, and they might not understand where that's coming from. So um, for those of you that have kids that are younger, you know, and growing up, it's never too late to start. And I just really want to emphasize spending that quality time with them to develop that relationship because it's not just going to happen when they're a teenager. Um, And kudos to all the parents that do. Now, there's uh, other situations, right? There is teens that sometimes do turn. People have felt that way. And maybe parents missed some signs of them turning along the way. Or perhaps there's a blended family and so there's a new parent introduced into the situation and so then maybe the teen feels hard to reach in those cases. So I don't want to minimize anybody that's feeling like their teen is hard to reach. But I do want to say you need to think about changing your mindset around that, right? It's just like people that say, oh, it's their terrible twos, right? If we go into the twos <laughs> thinking that, well, we're probably going to create that with our kid or we're going to let certain things have be a pattern. We're going to be like, oh, that's because it's the terrible twos. So we need to realize what expectation we set is the expectation that we're going to get. So if you think that your teen is hard, going to be hard and unreachable once they hit that age, then you're probably going to have a hard and unreachable teen. So I'm just inviting you to think about your mindset around that. But let's say you are in that situation and you are really feeling that they are hard and unreachable. So like with anything else, um, or actually one of the things I say in my book is you may need to get a picture of them when they were a baby, <laughs> when they were so super cute and you just love them to pieces. Um, and you may need to put that somewhere and you may need to re-channel the fact that they are still that human being <laughs> and that uh, you still want to love them like you did then, right? Or maybe you get a picture of when they've had a first at something, maybe the first time they walked or the first time they rode a bike or the first dance recital or piano or I don't know, whatever you'd be proud of that they had something first at. And maybe you want to put that picture up if you have that or some image that might remind you of it. Because why do you want to do that? Well, the first time somebody does something that you're necessarily proud of them at, it's not the first time they've done it, right? Or if it is, like say the first time your child learns to actually get up and walk. They've been crawling or they've been bumping into things or they've been getting up and falling or there's some been some progression to them getting there. And then even once they're there, they may fall down a couple times along the way or a couple million times, right? Depending on the kid and their flexibility and their coordination. Um, and so at no point in that 
in that process, do you say to your child, you're never going to walk. So just, just don't even give up. Or you don't think it in your head. Well, they're never going to walk because imagine if all parents thought that. So what, what I really want you to focus on is the fact that it's, it's another transition. It's another step for them. It's another step for you and your relationship with them. And so you may need to channel <laughs> inside and look at them differently than, than a teen, right? Than, than uh, putting a spin on it like that. And, and that's just one of the ways that you can do that. And in your relationship or your new relationship with them, there's going to be bumps and falls along the way. But if you hold the vision that it's still going to happen and it and you're going to do whatever it takes to get there, you're going to do whatever it takes to get there. Like with the child walking, you don't continuously put up roadblocks or tell them they can't because you want your child to probably walk, right? You want this relationship. So I invite you to also hold that and maybe start to, to tweak that mindset for yourself. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that you probably had a lot of patience at that time. So we tend to maybe give a little bit more patience to a younger child. And so you still want to channel some of that patience or find some of that patience from within. Um, I would invite you to watch this show with them, right? If they're not somebody who's really super communicative with you, this gives a, a great opening to some of the things that could be going on in their world. So um, it could open a door of communication. If this show is making you afraid or the topics in this show is making you afraid, because that was another common theme I got from parents, you you need to educate yourself around it. There are um, lots of books you could find. There's articles online. There's community agencies. You can pick up my book, Parenting with a Twist. (laughs) Um, You need to get comfortable with these topics. I don't mean you need to get comfortable so that you're at the point where you're having to be an expert in anxiety or an expert in suicide or an expert in depression or rape or any of that stuff, but you need to have a knowledge base that when it's brought up or when your child maybe has experienced something um, that you are able to not react or not run away from it because that was the other thing I was getting from parents was that well I'm just not going to allow them to watch it and if they have well we just kind of won't talk about it like it's kind of like that sweeping it under the rug Um, and so uh, if, if you are thinking you're afraid to watch it, then I invite you to explore why that is. What, what is it that's making you afraid to watch it? Um, so, and as I mentioned, reach out to the community. There's that expression, it takes a village to raise a child. I think, or something like that. Um, in this case, totally, totally the case. Uh, I have a social work and a teaching background and have worked with at-risk youth for years. And yet still I have to reach out to people um, and ask for help and ask for resources and, and learn some of the latest stuff that's happening. Because let's face it, even with my education, I still have other questions that I might want answered. So start from, and I, you know, I go backwards and I understand that people without any of that sort of education may have even more questions. And so reach out to people that are around you in your community. Um, and th- there's also people oh, in the second episode I talked about the people at the school you could reach out to right so there's administration there's teachers teachers assistants counselors social workers child and youth workers um, and the list goes on I'm sure I'm missing some key people so uh, community agencies right so as I mentioned and I'm sort of re-emphasizing 
And don't feel like you have to do this alone. There is always resources out there that you can pull from if you don't feel like you have the expertise. But when people tell me they're afraid or they don't want to talk about that stuff with their kids, that makes me afraid. <laughs> Hence this podcast and this Facebook Live video because it's it's not going to go away. And it's in the situations where perhaps you are afraid and there isn't that open communication around it, that then people might make choices that either they don't even know are wrong or they don't even know how to identify. Um, another common theme that came up is parents that had experienced this stuff when they were teens and perhaps they didn't fully have fully having dealt with it. Um, and this gave them an op, so kind of two ends actually. One that gave them an opportunity to deal with it. So somebody that had had these feelings or experiences in high school were now able to talk about them and be open about them. Other people though, it triggered for them and maybe they don't even know why they're being triggered. And what I mean by triggered is, Maybe they watched an episode and something happened in it that potentially happened to them when they were teenagers or in their childhood or young adulthood uh, or anywhere up to that point in their life. And sometimes we bury memories. Um, sometimes we don't um, realize that it's connected to something. So I'm going to invite you to be just really aware. You know, why is that particular piece turning you off and what can you do with it? We teach a course called Learn to Fly, and fly stands for first love yourself. And one of the times that we taught it, we had somebody who had been raped, and she um, was in her um, 30s and had two kids and was married, and, and this had happened to her in her teens. And she, you know, came into the workshops very um, quiet, and I would suggest, you know, wearing mostly black kind of a hoodie on and a hoodie pulled up and just very introverted and as we got through some of the layers and some of the triggers um what we did is I or what I did is I invited her actually to she had a kiddie pool like the Mr. Turtle kiddie pool and I invited her to set to put a bunch of mud in it and and sit in it and really feel that emotion and feel what had happened and then be able to release it and she could decide she could decide if she needed to sit in that every day for a week or you know every day for however long but with the intention that you know you don't want to sit in mud forever and so but you need to feel it and there was some other areas around that that we gave to her to support her through that um, but what I want you to get out of this is that when you have a trigger or something, then what happens is sometimes you create a story around it and then you live from that story. So for in this example for her, which uh, I'm not going to give her name, but she did say I could talk generically, is that she built this story that if her husband or her kids ever found out anything about that, then they would look at her differently and her life as she knew it would be over. So the incident that happened to her, the rape, when she was a teenager was still within her and dictating her life based on that story that she had created. So I'm not suggesting that she needed to get over it, like the counselor in 13 Reasons Why said, but what we did suggest is that she needed to, to move through it and create um, an option that maybe that story wasn't actually true. So not the right part, but the story that her life as she knew it would be over. So one of the first pieces was she thought if she told her husband, he would leave her because he would look at her as damaged. So 
we then explored with her what with the worst kind of possible situation in that and then what the best possible situation in in that if she was able to tell her husband and when she did it was just amazing so from the person who entered into the program to the person who left and kind of went through these things with the turtle pool and writing a letter to the person who had done this to her and then talking to her husband and then talking to her mom and um, she didn't talk to her kids at that point, but she knew that she could when they were when they got to a certain age. She'd be able to talk to them about it. So it was just beautiful her transition. She came at the end, and I and I probably would never have recognized her, you know, had I not been seeing her on a weekly basis. And when she came in, she uh, was lighter, like lighter, even colored clothes, and had signed up to be a yoga teacher and her just her peace of mind that she got from releasing that story that she had created caused her to be able to live this beautiful life so that's what I want for anybody that maybe is getting triggered by 13 reasons why and then shutting down or has had something in them or sorry done to them that has stayed within them and then created a story in their world. You can release that story. So, and again, uh, reach out to us if you would like some help moving through that story um, or reach out to community agencies or members or people in your family that perhaps that are that would be trusted and safe that could watch you and help you go through that but basically a couple things so far that I've summed up is one have an end goal in mind so if you're with a teenager your end goal in mind is that you want to have a beautiful relationship open honest and you want to be able to not be afraid or not uh, be able to help them right so I compared it to in the analogy of a child learning to walk you might put up some safety gates for a while right and some bumpers and some furniture but eventually you take those away because you have that trust that that child's going to walk and not be able to fall not fall down the stairs so you need to build that with your teenager and when you are afraid if you were to keep that gate up forever that wouldn't really be healthy so you got to release those emotions of fear around that um, and who do you have to talk to, right? So that's what I touched on with going to community agencies or, or friends or family that you know would be really good. So we call that accountability partners. So if you feel like you're on a real struggle with reaching your teen, and this could be, it doesn't have to be teen, but it could be young, young adult child or any age, is find an accountability partner for you that will hold you accountable for that vision that you hold of wanting to have that relationship. So that there's somebody that you can call and say, oh my goodness, um, I'd like to use the name Johnny, but Johnny did this and that person will be able to bring you back to the fact that you love Johnny <laughs> and that whatever it is that you're putting in place, maybe it's a boundary or maybe it's quantity or sorry, quality time or whatever it is, but they're going to hold you true to that, but not in judgment. So you're not going to call them and then say, this is what happened. And then they're going to totally judge you for it, but they're going to hold you accountable to the vision that you want. And you've created this vision, right? And the next step I think would be to create that vision with your teen once they get to the point where they're going to be open. So once you've built that communication. The other thing is um, we do have positions of power as parents and you know a lot of the times I'm saying use that position responsibly and be a role model of whatever it is which I've talked about up to this point right if you don't have the answers go search out some answers. But the other part is your currency. So what you want to do is you have currency for the um, 
for your kids. Like you know what their currency is. Sorry, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, so uh, their currency could be media. Their currency could be time out with their friends. Their currency could be allowance. You're going to have to figure out what their currency is. Um, and you have to use that currency. And I don't mean use it in some sort of manipulative way, but I do mean use it. So if their currency, let's say, is media, then you need to have some rules and responsibilities around what they need to do to earn their media. So that would be an example of using your child's currency. Um, the, the, peop- the parents that are giving their power away to their teenagers need to step into that. They need to step into it. And, and if it's far along, then, you, then it's going to be harder to reel back. But if, you're, if you've given your power your power away as a parent, almost a tongue twister there, then you you have to take it back. And so one of the ways to do that is by looking at what their currency is um, and setting up rules and guidelines. So rules, guidelines, boundaries that you're going to stick to. So they need to maybe start out gentle and baby steps towards them. Um, they need to be what you're going to be able to stick to. So maybe you start with just one boundary if you're somebody that is not going to be able to do that. Or perhaps you invite other people to help you in, those accountability people, to help you get into those boundaries. Also, um, and as I mentioned, that with a boundary could just be one small piece. Also, for anything that you're doing as a parent, break it into these chunks, right? Your child doesn't get up, get out of the womb, and start to run, right? There's all these steps that happen. Same for you as a parent. And it's okay to mess up. We have something called a mistake in our world. And what that means is that you pretend your life is like a whole movie. And so your final act is when your credits roll. Basically, when the credits roll is when you die. That's your final act. And so from this point forward, (laughs) you're still on that journey of your life. And if you make a mistake along the way, it's okay. If you think of the movies, there's several takes before we see a movie on a screen. We don't want your movie to be on the screen yet because then your credits roll, that means you've passed away. So what you want to do is make sure that you're doing mistakes along the way. You know it, you acknowledge it. You kind of go, oh, that moment just sucked. All right, you know, retake. Or scene one, act one, uh, and up to act 1001, or take, sorry. Scene one, act one, take one, up to scene one, act one, take 1001. If by chance you have a bad parenting moment, they are going to happen. At the same point, your teen or younger child or young adult child is going to have a bad moment, right? So it's also not getting lost in those. The point that I pushed last episode was that as as long as it doesn't become a pattern. So just make sure if you feel like you're continuously doing something that's a bad parenting moment, if you will, you need to address that. If it's a one-off, a two-off, you know, it's a whole bunch of other factors around it you need to acknowledge it and then move forward from that. Uh, Again, don't stay stuck in stories, as we've already mentioned. Um, There's other people that have said that watching that 13 Reasons Why has made them want to homeschool their kids. And I will will tell you, there is some truth to that in that it, it can be a scary world. Now, it could have been a scary world, I'm sure, to my parents when I was going to school, because maybe it was so different from when they went to school. But I, I honestly don't feel like it's that different. 
I feel like those same pressures are still there. There are just some differences in terms of one thing we've highlighted is is social media, right? So before there might have been bullying um, and now it can be to a different level. So I don't think the issues are new. I think the levels of which, of which they can extend to are new. Um, and so to say you want to homeschool your kids, it's it's legit, I think, in terms of if your kids are walking the halls and these things are happening, right? You want to protect them. But those things are going to continue to happen in the real world. It might continue to happen at work or a college or university, um, wherever they go to next. So it's not going to go away because they are at homeschool. It just means you may lessen it for a period of time, but I still think you need to talk about these things that do happen in the quote unquote real world, whatever their real world is at the time. Um, but, you know, I will share that uh, my biological biological kids, I have bonus kids and biological kids, um, they are partially homeschooled and partially at school. And one of the reasons behind that is that we um, feel that sometimes there are some pressures. There's lots of reasons why that I won't go into. That could be probably a different episode. But, you know, there are options. So if you are a parent that's feeling that way because maybe your child is going through something, the the people that would maybe tell you that that's not not an okay option, it is an okay option. You have to do what's right for you as a parent, and it's not going to be a blanket approach that's necessarily right for everybody. So just be aware of that. Um, I talk to parents a lot um, in my different roles. So as a social worker, a teacher, now a tutoring agency CEO, and obviously with my book and workshops and speaking. So I'm talking to parents all the time. And what they often will suggest is that they have a hard time um, with maybe their outside influences, right? So like a teen in there in 13 Reasons Why is having a hard time with outside influences affecting maybe who they are or who they're going to be. Parents sometimes have that. So, you know, you have to learn to trust your gut. Um, When my... um, I might have shared this in the last last episode, but when I was in school, my... um, mom went to a parent-teacher night and they had the police there and the police were saying that most people before they're attacked actually have a gut instinct that they're going to be attacked but because our gut instincts are so buried quite often we don't act on those and so you know we could end up being being hurt hurt and we could not have had we listened to our gut instinct so another key thing is teaching your child to really tune into their gut instinct but you as a parent need to turn into yours tune into yours too. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure about that friend of my of my child's, or I'm not sure what the, that what that teacher did is okay, or um, you have a sense that something's changing with them, go with your gut instinct on this. All right. So um, I've given you hopefully a lot of tips about, you know, not leaving in your story, making sure you still love the child that you like, or like the child that you love, (laughs) Um, and some other tips and tricks in terms of 13 Reasons Why Not and what we can do as parents. And this was the episode on parent feedback that I was getting. So don't be afraid. Step into your greatness as a parent and you can do this. I hope you got some amazing tips out of it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. It's Amber Scotchburn from Tutoring and Parenting with a Twist. Thank you. Bye-bye. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.